This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Good morning. Our scripture today comes from John chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, reading from the ESV version. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him. Because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick, Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifted up his eyes, then as then seeing that the large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place, so he set the men down, totaling about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. Today I want to talk to you about the boy and the bread. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we come today thanking you and praising you, Lord, for your great miracle of life. We thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of mercy just one more time. Lord, as I come before your people, Lord, I pray that you would use me in the manner that you would see fit, Lord. Give me the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to depart towards your people. And Lord, for your people, Lord, open their ears, their hearts, and their minds so that they may be receptive of your word. Lord, at this time, remove me. Allow your Holy Spirit to fill me. Allow the pressures of time and the pressures of people to be taken away and so that you can get all the glory. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we magnify your name. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and we thank you. Amen. This passage is a very familiar passage to some. Over and over we've heard this passage read, it's been studied. Uh, it's been preached in several different sermons throughout most of our Christian lives. For me, I've heard this story so many times, and I've read it so many times that I can't even begin to count 
the different ways, the different examples, the different types of stories that come from this one story. I heard this reading from someone a few months ago, and I couldn't help but to wonder, it stuck in my mind this time, and I kind of saw it from a different view. I couldn't help but to wonder what would have prompted grown men to take the food out of a child's mouth. Better yet, what kind of boy would have had the gumption and the nerves to allow someone to take his meal away with the intentions of sharing it with such a large crowd? What we have to realize here is that the time was right for revolution. Jesus had become a virtual superstar. He had gone around throughout the different areas of Galilee and he was performing miracles, a lot to the dismay of the religious leaders of his time. Jesus had been taken and talking into his company, society's undesirables, and he's been challenging the many teachings and the rituals of the spiritual leaders of the area. Jesus had become so popular that he had thousands of people following him everywhere he went. As with all of us, Jesus now is tired and he seeks rest upon the mountains. But he soon realizes that his fans, the ones who have been with him all day, are still right behind him. They are now hungry because they had not eaten during their journey with him the whole day. There are several accounts of the story in the Bible, but I'm here to tell you that John is the only gospel writer who tells us that this account took place near the time of Passover. Why is this important? This is significant because there would have been pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem to celebrate the beginning of the Passover. The local businesses and the personal households would have begun their preparations for the Passover celebration, meaning that all of the things that were considered unclean would have been discarded. All foods such as unleavened bread and all other items would have been discarded or given away. By them doing this, this would most likely result in a shortage of bread and food for the many pilgrimage that was on their way to Jerusalem. When Jesus had when Jesus realized that the crowd had not eaten, he asked Peter, where shall we buy bread that these people may eat? See, Jesus knew what miracle he was about to perform. He just wanted to use this opportunity to teach his disciples. Jesus wasn't only about getting the job done, but he also was about teaching his disciples and all that was with him along the way. Philip knew the teachings of the Old Testament, he also knew the teachings of Jesus. And by him knowing these things, you would think that he would have put his faith and knowledge to work. And he would have maybe brought up to Jesus how he knew that Jesus was the Son of God and that he could work this out because of what God had performed the miracle in the desert for the Israelites by giving them manna from heaven and guide them through the perilous journey. Or you would think that he would have brought up how God used Elijah to feed his prophet 
during the time of famine or how he sent a raven to feed Elijah during his time of despair. Instead, you have Philip here. He's thinking, he's thinking in the terms of money and how much money it would take to carry out God's work in a small way. Oftentimes, we limit God the same way, looking, on, looking for how God's work can be done in the smallest way, just enough to get by. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus wants to provide in a big way. After Peter's statement ended in a flock, here comes his brother Andrew. Andrew says to Jesus, there's a boy here who has five garlic loaves and two fish. But what are they going to do for so many? Now with a quick read, you would think that Andrew was actually being helpful. Because we've always been taught that disciples were trying to be helpful. But after studying this text and after long deliberation, you find that he was actually trying to be flipping them out. You find that he was trying to be funny. One of the reasons why is because barley was always regarded as a simple food. More often it was fit for animals such as horses and cattle rather than for human consumption. Barley was scarcely worth one-third of the value of wheat and was not considered a proper food during the Passover. Reason being because barley had to be soaked before it could be used for any application, thus resulting in yeast being developed. On the other hand, the little boy had the fish. Andrew pointed this out, that the fish were very small. John himself called them Asparia, indicating that it wasn't more like two fish that we would think, but it was two small salted pieces of fish that was so that was so preserved that it had become somewhat mushy and could be eaten with the case of barley. Because remember, the boy had been with Jesus all day. With all of the time that these disciples had been following Jesus, you would think that they would have had a little more faith in who he was and in what he could do. Little did they know that Jesus was in the mood for a miracle. Now, on the other side, on the other hand, I want you to imagine this little boy sitting in the grass. Andrew, with his flipped mouth, just publicly humiliated him. You have thousands of people looking at him as Andrew makes this remark to Jesus about his lunch. And notably, because of his lunch, we know that the little boy was financially scrapped. Can you imagine being this little boy, reaching up, holding the only food that you had, and willingly giving it to these men. I'm sure he believed in what he had heard and seen during his tenure with Jesus. For some reason, this little boy had been with Jesus all of this time and was willing to sit there on the grass with them. He recognized that he could be a valuable asset to the expression of this ministry. Little known is about this boy. All we know is that his act of generosity made the Bible. Little is known about why he did it, or even if he struggled with the idea of giving it. All that we know is that he freely gave what he had, two small fish and five loaves of bread. 
This boy put what he had on the proverbial altar and believed in Jesus for a miracle to feed the multitude. He could have easily refused. He could have saved his life for him alone. He could have gotten up and walked away and said, I'm through with these people. I'm going on. They just want to use me. But there was something that he heard or something that he saw during his time with Jesus that assured him that everything was going to be all right. In the end, he left there with way more than what he came with. Sometimes we have to give a little to receive a lot. We have only to rely on our faith and not our pocket. We have to realize that God has work for us to do no matter how big or small we are or how old or young we are or how small or large we perceive our gifts. Many times in our lives, we're not going to want to help others. We're not going to want to do the things that God has told us to do. We are going to be selfish about our time, our money. We're going to be selfish about our work and our deeds. But we are not going to want to get up sometimes out of our beds and leave the cover of our home to help someone when we know they could possibly help themselves. But we got to remember that we all have a calling to fulfill in this Christian journey. Think about it. Think about Jesus. So do you actually think that Jesus wanted to be beaten all night long? Do you actually think that Jesus himself wanted to be crucified on the cross for us? No, but he did it anyway because he loved us so much. Because he allowed them to beat him all night long. Because he allowed them to put nails in their hands and nails in his feet. And a crown of thorns on his head. We can all live today with a renewed hope of salvation. Because he died on the cross and rose on the third day and set back his soul and spirit. We can be confident that he will wrap his loving arms around us and give us comfort and peace. And when this life is over, we will be able to see our God face to face and worship him for all that he has done. Today I want to remind you that no matter what may be going on, no matter what you may be thinking about this story, no matter how many sermons that you have heard about this story, no matter how many times you read this story in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I want to tell you today that this discussion today is not about the bread or the fish. That this discussion is not about the thousands of people or even the miracles that was performed on that day. This is not about the popularity of Jesus nor the compassion that Jesus had for the crowd. Today, this discussion is about the act of generosity of a little boy that was so great that we're still talking about it today. Sometimes we feel like we're insignificant or too small to make a difference. Sometimes we allow the greatness of others to overshadow our gifts or our potential. But I'm here to let you know that no matter how small you are, no matter how old you think you are, no matter how long your steps may be, no matter how young you think you are or how small you believe your gifts is, that you yourself can make a difference in the life of others and in the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's easy for us. Sometimes it's hard. But I tell you, it's in this hard time that you will get your biggest fulfillment. Your greatest fulfillment comes when you make that sacrifice to get up and do what God has for you to do. 
Do not allow other people to come in your life and tell you that you're worthless. Do not allow other people to tell you that your ministry is of little value. Do not allow people to come and move you from the mountain that you on because they are jealous of your potential. I want to remind you that today, sometimes we have to remember that every great fire begins with a single spark. So on today, on this fifth Sunday, on this fifth communal Sunday, I want you to remember that God is with you in each and everything that you do. And I'm urging you that no matter how hard it may be, no matter how difficult the challenges are before you, or how dark the morning may get, I'm urging you to be a spark who sets this world on fire. If you're one of those people whom I'm talking to today, and you feel like you're all alone, you feel like you're minute, that you don't matter, you feel like there's no hope for you today or for you tomorrow, I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. I want you to know that all you have to do is recite this prayer with me. Give your hand to us, but give your God your heart to the Lord. Repeat this prayer with me. Father God, I've sinned. I've not been all I should be. I'm sorry for my sin. I want to turn from my sin. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me to be what you want me to be. I'm willing to tell others that you saved me. Thank you for saving me right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm here to tell you that your relationship with God is not a feeling. It's a fact. You don't have to roll all over the floor. You don't have to start speaking in tongues. All you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose from the grave. If you're that person that prayed this prayer with us, take time to fill out the form that's located in our comment section. Let us know. Let your family know. Let your friends know that you are a new creature in Christ. As we close today, I just, remind, I just want to remind you all to remember to give your tithes and your offerings. You can give by Giveify, or you can mail it in to the address at the bottom of the screen. Today is a new day. Make a decision to stand up and to be a bold witness for God, no matter who you are or how small your gifts may be. Let us pray. Creator, sustainer, deliverer, Lord, we come today thanking you, Lord, for all of those who have come, all of those who have come and decided to give their life to you. Lord, we thank you for all of those who have listened, who now have renewed hope in their life on this earth, and also realize that they have a home with you in heaven. Lord, on this day, we pray for all of those who are 
bereaved. We pray for all of those who are sick and homebound. We pray, Heavenly Father, for all of those who may be having issues, all those issues that may be keeping them from being their greatest and doing their biggest potential. Lord, on this day, we thank you for being our Lord, for being our Savior, for being our sustainer, for being our deliverer. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for comforting us and for keeping us and for guiding us. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for your Son who died on Calvary Cross so that all of us might have the right to the tree of life. So, Lord, on this day, we proclaim in this day to be a great day. No matter what comes into our life, no matter what has came into our life, no matter what may come into our life, we proclaim this day a great day in your name. In Jesus' first name we pray and we thank you. At this time, I want to ask you all to please continue to follow us. Follow First African Baptist Church in Facebook, on Instagram, on podcast, and on YouTube. Now, let us go in our benediction. Now may the strength of God sustain you. May the power of God preserve all of us. May the hand of God protect all of us. And may the way of God direct all of us. May the love of God go with all of us this day, henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Praise God. And you have a great day in the Lord. Thank you. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.